0: Dads on
1: the air,
0: we're here cause we care We ask all questions that others don't dare. We're dads, we're dads, on the
1: air
0: we're dads, we're dads on the air And welcome back to Dads on the Air coming to you around Australia on the Community Radio Network. In this program we bring you informing and entertaining conversations with a wide range of interesting people on topics of fatherhood family and parenting, men's and boys' issues, and more. And our guest today, our special guest today, is William McKinnis. William is a star of stage and screen. An award-winning actor, William has won two Logies and an AFI Award for Best Actor for his role in the film Unfinished Sky. He's also one of Australia's most popular writers. Uh, delighting readers with his memoir, A Man's Got to Have a Hobby... With his wife, Sarah Watt, he co-wrote Worst Things Happen at Sea, which was named the best non-fiction title in the ABR and the Indy Awards in 2012. William grew up in Queensland and now lives in Melbourne, and he was previously a guest on this program when we discussed his book, Fatherhood. Today we're talking about William's new book, Christmas Tales. William, welcome back to Dads on the Air.
1: Well, it's a pleasure to be welcomed back to Dads
0: on the Air. <laughs> so, uh, William, you... me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. William, uh, there are a lot of insights into family life in your book, including uh, children's nicknames. Your nickname, particularly. I, I'm just wondering, any idea where you, where your name came from and why you were called Cabbage Head?
1: No, that was just the way my mother and father spoke about people. I think Cabbage mm-hmm. Head. I was a pretty stupid kid, by the way. Not, not. Like, I was the, the youngest by a long way, and obviously. The silliest, I think. I mean, uh, my parents used to own up, you know, responsibility for me. I, I would always be doing something, something nonsensical. I had a great childhood, by the way. I had a fun time. Uh, and they would divvy up responsibility with, what is your son doing? And my mother would go, and you had nothing to do with it. And I was always referred to it. Uh, but they were just really rough-hewn. You know, he was Irish. Mum was Welsh. They'd away with words. You know, my name was Darrell William. Uh, and my father hated Darryl. Uh, he called me bit, Drill. Banjo player was one. Uh, I got postal for a while because he stood unsuccessful. sorry for him i was sort of very proud of him so you know she paused and she said nine months or so later you came on the scene and my nickname for a while was postal <laughs> <laughs> postal votes which I just think you know you gotta love growing up in a family like that
0: well uh, you you must be genetic I think because you also took to giving to giving yourself some names I think the one I like best I think was Peebo
1: Funny old thing now, well, another way to chart your life is your first job. Now, my first job, my sort of paid job, was stacking shells at Coles. Uh, and I'm sure it, it, my parents knew someone from the RSL they knew someone, and they said, oh, yeah, you've yet yeah, beginners Guinness a go. Because I was a bit of a Puntz. You know, I thought it was just beneath me, stacking shells. It was boring, and, you know, I thought everyone that worked there was a howler. And in Puntz tradition, you know, I was given a name tag. Uh, and these were the days when, if you were permanent, you had your Dymo marker name tag. I didn't get one. I just, got, I just got, I just got a name tag that was plain plastic, and I had to text to my name in it. And then after a while, I thought no one really cares. So I made up names, you know. And I just adored that silliness, you know. And I, you know, I put JFK. which was paying for the groceries, and she had the trolley careering all over Carl's car park there down in Reckliffe, and the big a shower turned into heavy rain. So I ran after her with an umbrella and a, to give her her car keys, and I helped her pack the bag. And, you know, she was very thankful, and she rang up the management there, and she said, I just want to say how wonderful that young man was, the big tall boy, the French one. And, uh... Just going, what, sorry, man. what are you talking about? You know, the French boy, the Peebo, 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 <laughs> French boy. Uh, and honestly, you shouldn't have enough, I had too much fun there. But you know, the thing is, uh, oh, you learn a lot about yourself. And years later, that summer, I worked out a lot of things that the that, that, that people that I thought, I was shortchanging, you know, they were pretty decent, nice up with me and were quite generous with me and there was this one guy who I used to call, there was a Killing Eastwood movie that was very popular at the time called High Plains Drifter and I called him High Pants Drifter because he always had his pads really pulled up high, he was always hitching them up and he walked as if he was walking into a wind, you know, like a really <laughs> stiff wind uh, he leapt forward and he was always saying, harden up, harden up come on, harden up and he was one of the managers and he kept me on and you know, when you're that age, you know, fifteen, your your body's careering round like a demolition derby, or your hormones are going this way and that. You don't know what on earth's happening half the time. Uh, you know, you, you like somebody, and you don't know how to on earth to go about talking about them.
0: You did a, a school exercise. I know. At one stage, where you had to write five likely occupations <laughs> when you grew up. And uh, well, first of all, I know it didn't include your Father Christmas job, and, and nor did it include your nude model. And I'm wondering how, you know, if that was at a later stage, or are you still um, having that uh, those outbreaks of of ardour when you were no. naked?
1: No, it, it, as all as all adolescent boys know, it calms down after a while, when you come to terms. So hopefully you do one way or another. And, you know, it's Australia seems to be a nice enough community and society to actually encourage people Whoever gets a job first, they get a, a, a Carton McGrog. So I thought, great, he had the Sydney Morning Herald, I had the Daily Telegraph, and I got a job. that And I was a bad santa uh, I you know I got caught having a fag in Santa's cave which was just not on mm-hmm. um, and you know for some reason they used to have Santa Claus's thrown in the intimate apparel section of the department. <laughs> I think the idea was that women would have, have the kids and on the throne with Santa and then they'd sort of go back and think oh that's a nice pair of undies and bras or whatever I'll get them uh, but my wife came to see, she wasn't my wife at the time, she was, uh, my, just, I just met her, and I thought, I think this girl is just a bomb. And she came to see me in action, because she did actually invest in my career as Santa Claus, I took her out to dinner, which she was, just could not understand how I, we were going to afford dinner, uh, and it was a sort of soup hall in the Chinatown, and I said, can you give me 20 bucks so I can, uh, buy a pair of uh, gumboots so I can be Santa Claus at, uh, up. said this is this relationship was going to be interesting. And that's what happened. she came to see me Managers came down, but he said, "What's going on here?" And Sarah came back and said, Look, it was just a fun but we He's my boyfriend, and you know." But it was like something out of a bad, you know, crime and punishment. It was pretty funny. I mean, yeah. so yes, I guess my occupations—I didn't put them in that uh, year ten um, occupation list, but uh, who knows where life will take
0: you? Yes, arresting Santa Claus is just not done, really, is it? But uh, look, I've got a feeling our time is running out quickly. There are so many stories to cover, but we're going to take a quick break. William, uh, you've picked a song for us. Which one was that?
1: Well, it's a personal favourite of mine. It's a beautiful Christmas song, um, one of the most sweet and precious of Christmas hymns, um, which really is evocative and uh, I think just encapsulates the spirit of Christmas. Uh, it's Space Invaders by Player One.
0: And that was our Christmas song, specially chosen for us today by our guest, William McInnes, who is the author of a great new book just out in time called Christmas Tales. So, William, um, well, speaking of Christmas, um, there seem to be fewer nativity scenes that, than we used to see. What are, the, what are the signs that you talk about when we know Christmas is coming?
1: Well, there's lots of things, I think. I mean, again, you just go through your life. You know, the first thing I can remember... About Christmas was uh, in the Courier Mail. I grew up in Brisbane, and it used to be the start of um, a Christmas cartoon on the page page uh, three. It was little bubble people that just told us a Christmas story. It could be a, any any sort of story. And I also remember the Advent calendar, which uh, in our house we didn't get one with chocolates. We got one with the, uh, the story of Christ, uh, which was pretty interesting. I must admit. I mean, you know, sort of Cadbury's. Very friend, you got, you know, the first one was a shepherd saw, a guiding star. Day two was King Herod ordered all the baby boys to be killed. He's thinking, Hello, this is a bit different. <laughs> Thought, what's the guy doing with the stick? Um, and uh, they all sort of looked reasonable enough caricatures or images of, of nativity. But, but I said, Dad, what's the guy with the staff doing there? And Dad said, Oh, he's a trader, he's, just, he's on his way home from, you know, Bethlehem's version of the Pal. And the palace was just a pub out on Woody Point, which was a beautiful pub, uh, looking to go under wreck there. And Dad used to love going there for a bit, he was a tradies pub. Um, mm-hmm. And he said, He Come from the power, and he's, he's the sort of bloke he's just gonna, you know, he's just gonna help. If he can help, he'd be an electrician, I think. Mm-hmm. Dad was a builder. And I said, who are the wise men, Dad? And he said, oh, they're, they're two real estate salesmen who are just having a business lunch. They're doing business over lunch, that's why they're rich, and they come from the hotel. So it was the way my father would take something like that, have a bit of fun with it, but also explain things. And I asked him once when we are fishing, and we walked past the mural, and I said, Dad, was an embassy for the world. And that that was to me, I just thought, well that is such a lovely thing and I remember that. I remember that generosity of the and also my mum. I mean I know they were whose son is it? Yeah, what's your buddy's son doing? You had you had nothing to do with it. Well he did have something to do with teaching me, I think, a little bit about how in his words, the best way to go about life is to get on, have a crack But you've got to leave a bit of space for other people to have a crack. And you stop once in a while and look back and make sure no one's been left too far behind. And, I, uh, I, you know, at Christmas, you know, there's this sense of generosity and love and good fellowship and good citizenship, but there's always that moment uh, where you're just gripped
0: So, and you've clearly been studying Christmas for a long time, and uh, yeah, it comes out in your book, I think, that it's uh, you can be you can be surrounded by family love at that time. But on that score, uh, how do you explain Christmas in July?
1: <laughs> well, my son asked me. He said, "What's this Christmas in July thing?" Because we're having a coffee. We're up in Queensland on holiday. They said, why are there people wearing their Christmas hats? So I said, it's Christmas in July. Said, is this a thing? I said, yeah, of course it is. You know, it's just a thing that the Yanks came up with. I said, That's was some Methodist ladies' college came up with it in, in America in the 30s, this idea of celebrating Christmas six months out. Uh, Anyhow, yeah, it's cottoned on, and it's just July for me, mid-years, I just love it, because it's always something happening in July. July can be a tricky time. Uh, and it's like, you know, the record show's on in July, and, you know, I still put... Preserves and things in that. It's also a time I write in the book, Young, about that thing that, that you know, it's a time of generosity and kindness too, funnily enough. Because I can remember after uh, we had a stillborn son that year, and um, one of my wife's sisters decided to have a Christmas in July celebration. And I was telling my son, and I'd never really told him. that if I would just make a little bit of space. sweet in a moment like that and he thinks mm. we are all just passing through uh, an exchange like that with your son you're talking about his brother who died and he never knew and, and that generational kindness is exhibited again uh, I became quite emotional he, he, he was a sweet he was a sweet young man but he doesn't mean I don't yell at him but, but um,
0: Yeah, it was just a generational kind of show to me. Look, there are a million stories uh, in this book, and I wish we had some more time to explore a few, but uh, we've run out of time today. I'd just uh, like to say to anyone who'd like to listen to this show again or any of our shows, go to dadsontheair.com.au, send us an email, we'll be in touch. Uh, or you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. So it remains for me to give a very special thank you, and, and we're very grateful that William could make time for us again. Um, our guest, William McKinnis. William, thank you very much for being on Dad's On The Air. Well,
1: no, it's my great pleasure. I know I rambled on there. and uh, yeah. It was a lot of fun. It's always great to talk to you. you. It's a great show, and you're sort of spreading uh, a lot of uh, good stuff around. Well, As my father used to say to me when I was shuffling the manure on the farm. No, thanks, man. And, all, and I played, uh, played that song. Uh, that Player One song Space Invaders because that was the song I remember most from that 1979 summer when I was with New Coles So have a great Christmas, peace be with you and all your listeners too
0: Thank you and um, yes Merry Christmas to you too, mate I think that's in your book so, uh, <laughs> We'll be back next week with another show on Dads on the Air